Hey everybody, welcome to Making Sense of It All. I'm your host, Jesse Stakes. Today, my guest is Martin Wyeth. He's the CEO and founder of PowerT. Martin does such a wonderful job of explaining exactly what PowerT is and what it does. So I'm not gonna steal his thunder, but let me just say this. PowerT makes practicing the game of golf more fun and consistent for the golfer while increasing the entertainment value and revenue for the course and range owners and operators. Martin is an engineer by trade, a scratch engineer, as he would say. So it gave him a fresh perspective when looking at how to help the average golfer get better. PowerT has been around for over 20 years. They're in 18 countries and at over 400 clubs. And get this, over 6 million balls a day are teed up by PowerT. Enjoy the conversation. Let's jump into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense of It All. I'm your host, Jesse Stakes, and today I have Martin Wyeth from PowerT. Martin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jesse. Pleasure to be here. So, Martin, you and I have known each other for a while, but but for the benefit of my audience, can you tell them about PowerT and what you guys do? Sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jesse. Well, PowerT is a training aid for golf, um, which uh, is usually enough to turn people off straight away. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of them out there. Um, it's one of the simplest training aids you can conceive of. Um, we simply re-tee the ball for the golfer after they've hit it. So the way the product works is you go to your practice range, driving range, um, you know, teeing area. Our machine sits in the ground. It looks somewhat like a normal golf mat. Uh, but you have a control panel which sits in front of the golfer. Um, they pour the bucket of balls into the hopper at the back, which is a, a sort of inconspicuous black lid. Uh, the ball pops up on the tee, and uh, you then use the control panel to set your tee height. Um, we have a wide selection of tee heights. The golfer then, you know, figures out what kind of shot, what they're trying to do with their practice session. As soon as they hit the ball, by the time it lands in the outfield, they're assuming you hit it reasonably well, of course. Uh, there's a new one teed up, ready to go at the same height. So it sounds really simple. And the first thing people say is, oh, great, saves you bending over. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, Powerty is a great tool for grooving in the swing change, for building confidence, for, you know, experimentation. Um, so with a traditional method where you have to bend over and tee the ball up, you're losing your grip, you're losing your stance, you're losing your posture, you're losing your train of thought. You know, if you're in a grubby outfield where the grass is there, you know, worn away and the ball's dirty, you've got distractions with dirt on the club, dirt on the ball. So what we're trying to create with Powerty is a really crystal clear environment, which basically revolves around just you and the ball. So whatever you're trying to achieve with your practice session, whether it's warming up, whether it's a swing change, whatever it is, you really remain completely undistracted during your practice session. 
I think what I'm hearing is that you're eliminating variables from people's from something that can be very complicated for somebody who's trying to learn the game or who's trying to get better at the game. You're eliminating variables that they no longer have to worry about or be concerned about. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, one of the one of the things we we battle with is getting people to understand that golf is different for everybody. Um, and if you're a beginner, for example, and you have very, very little discipline in terms of setup routine, then having that ball back brought back to you really does enable you to stay in position and, you know, just try and hit the ball. You know, we've sure. all, I think most people who started late in life have had plenty of air shots or whiffs or whatever you want to call them. So, you know, someone at that end of the sport, right at the beginning, will find power to a great confidence builder because when they eventually find something that works, it allows them to stay in position and repeat it um, and build some confidence to learn that basically if you do the right thing, you can get the ball in the air, you can hit it down the outfield. And of course, every now and then it comes out the middle and it's that exciting feeling of, whoa, you know, did I really do that? So Absolutely. if you're a beginner, it's one thing. If you're Jim Furyk, who has one in his backyard, it's another thing. So Jim was a setup junkie when he was young and he was up and coming. And he he says, and I believe him, that on the range, he would go through his entire setup routine for every single shot. And if you've ever Great. watched golf, that's quite a time-consuming process for a, for a PGA pro. No doubt. Um, and he's evolved. You know, he trusts his swing, is, is his swing mantra. Uh, he still works hard on setup. But once he knows he's in position, he, he just basically shuts down the brain um, and swings the club. He knows, he knows, he knows his swing. As he, as he pops it, he's swung the club so many times. Um, and what a great thing to be able to do, to just trust your swing. No doubt. Um, but for him now, with parity, the surfaces are fantastic. And he knows that. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons he's endorsed us. Um, obviously he's had issues with his wrist so he can hit hundreds or thousands of balls off of our mats without getting any jarring on his wrists or elbows um, but he says now you know to keep his game in shape he just wants to get in the reps he just wants to keep hitting the ball get the reps in um, so you know these are these are the two ends of the spectrum and there's everything in between um, so Martin, I'd love to I, I you know I, I I want to jump into everything about power T now, but I really want to kind of, kind of pull back for a second. What inspired you to start power T? How did you, how did you come up with the idea in the first place? Cool. That's a good question. Um, thanks, Jesse. Um, I was learning to play golf. Uh, it's as simple as that. My background is in engineering. That's I'm a scratch engineer. Um, I think that's kind of an term. important piece to this. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'm an inventor by by nature. I'm, uh, you know, one of those unhappy people that's always looking to improve things. Nothing's ever good enough, um, which is a fundamental trait of humanity. If you if you look at us, um, so I was learning to play golf to go and 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 have a round of golf at Wentworth um, with some business colleagues that I just met I really really didn't want to embarrass myself um, so 
I'd had my first few lessons and and I don't know when you started started playing but I was in my 20s um so that I had no natural you know these kids like mine that start really young these fluid swings they no fear I had none of that you know it was very mechanical your left hand here your right hand there you know head up you know chin down bend your legs you know all <laughs> these a host of instructions to get you into what feels like the most unnatural position imaginable and then you eyes of all have a big swipe at it and whatever happens happens um so i was going through this process and a slicer i was you know like most people when they start you're trying to hit the ball hard you're getting ahead of it and the ball fans out to the right um with a lot of with a lot of side spin on it and then i'd sort of you know ah, frustration bend over pick up the ball put the ball on the tee go through the same checklist of of items take another swing at the ball and lo and behold it would you know be one of these amazing shots the one that keeps you coming back and uh just straight down the middle of the range and so i'm stood there as an engineer going well what the hell you know what did i do these felt identical i did the same thing for each now obviously i didn't do the same thing otherwise the ball would have done the same thing so the idea was if you know as an engineer if you're if you're looking to diagnose a very complicated system that isn't working you don't go in there and look at the circuit diagram and just start poking your way around and changing you know oh well i think i'll change this i'll change that i'll change that i'll change that then we'll power it up and see if it works and the reason you don't do that is because the changes may cancel one another out um, sure so it's a very simple process of diagno- diagnosis. You change one thing at a time and see what the net result is. So the, the, the hook idea with Powerty was enables the golfer to get into position, focus really hard on what they're doing, hit the ball. Now, whatever it does, Powerty enables you to come back to position, look at the ball, figure out what you think you need to do to correct that bad result now if you want to put it in simple beginner's terms you know if the club twitches in your hand and the ball shoots off to the right you hit it out the toe so there's not much mystery you know you've got to either reach for the ball or you've got to move into the ball so if you skull the ball you hit it on top you know you've got to stay down Um, and that for beginners is where i think the charm of parity is because it enables you to make those corrections subconsciously. You watch kids on it, you know, two bad shots and then they're in. And once they're hitting the ball well, you can see them enjoying themselves, see them repeating and see them growing in confidence. Um, and for kids, it's particularly good because obviously that's fun, whereas the converse of spraying the ball all over the place is is not fun. No doubt. Well, and um, I got to imagine, I got to imagine these driving ranges that are that are bringing power T in uh, it makes golf more fun. It makes it more entertaining and it makes it more accessible for more people to come to their driving range and experience success. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you look at these facilities that are built out. A lot of them now are vast food and beverage empires built around um, the game of golf. You know, when I, when I 
when I offer a service to people personally, which in my case is my customers and ultimately their golfers, I want it to be a great experience. And in golf, the great experience is having fun. Right. You know, and in golf, having fun is hitting good golf shots. So you really want to do everything you can to facilitate your patrons enjoying themselves. Uh, and what we found over the years, really what's driven the success of Powerty, there's not been its coaching benefits or, well, I guess, you know, below the surface, this is exactly what's driven it, is the, the coaching uh, and performance benefits. Um, but really, it's, it's found its home because it drives so much revenue. Um, right. If you get a busy driving range, whether it's a food and beverage outlet like Top Golf, or whether it's um, you know a, a, a typical old school driving range where you go to polish your game, we see an enormous increase in demographic appeal, um, which is you know is is fantastic, and we see that with people who have them at home. You know, the guy's managed to, to twist his wife's arm into letting him buy a sim room and, uh, or build a sim room. And then they put it, you know, it's been there for some time. They stumble across us and say, oh, yeah, I want a party. All of a sudden, the kids are in there, the wife's in there, and, and it's fun because mm -hmm. they can get into a groove, get into a rhythm, and hit the ball well. So we've become an enormous revenue generator for the range industry. I th And it's crazy. I think that there's there's a lot of golf courses that look at their range as just kind of an expense rather than looking at it as a revenue driver. And I think you're, you're allowing, you're giving them that paradigm shift. You're allowing them to, to take a probably a pretty large piece of land. It's probably bigger than two or three holes and turn it into something. That's, that's one of the main revenue drivers of their, of their whole property rather than it being something that they feel like they just have to have. You're at, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the golf, industry particularly the clubs really have such a dim view of the range and i think it happened i don't know exactly when it happened in america but historically you used to always pay for your golf balls whether you were okay. at a private club or anywhere else and what what that did it sort of had a balancing effect because the more golf balls got hit the more attrition on the range the more money it made so it sort of motivated the facility to keep the quality up, to keep changing the range balls, to keep, keep it high. And some years ago, a, a trend caught on to forgiving the driving range away. And when you give things away for free, the, the, the motivation to provide quality just falls away. And what we're seeing, and you you mentioned it earlier earlier in 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 this conversation, you know this is an enormous piece of real estate in the heart of a very you know in many cases high value piece of real estate. So you've got several acres here that are at the heart of the club. They're usually adjacent to the bar, the restaurant, all of the other facilities, and at the moment. You know, the broader golf industry, you know, if you park driving ranges, it's obvious. If you make money out of selling range balls, then really, you know, you've got a serious problem if you don't put parity in. It's going to right. drive volume. It's going to drive customer base. It's going to drive everything. Um, not everyone gets that um, until they have the product in. In fact, in the last few years, 
I'd say 70% of our business in America has been existing customers ordering more machines. Because once they get it, they understand it. Until they install it, it's just a cost. But if you look at these clubs, they're basically now putting themselves in a position with the, with the ranges where the quality that you're offering, if you're on grass, it diminishes throughout the day, obviously. Um, if you're the first person there and they've just moved the ropes, then you get something that approximates grass. It's not actually anything like the fairway. It's usually just sort of grown in divots. It's very uneven. So you're still not getting a level lie. And it's nothing like the fairways you're about to go play on. But from that point, that's its highest ebb. And sure. then by the time you get to midday, there's really, you know, if there's a semi-busy club, there's not much left. Now, you know, the activity of going and hitting a bucket of balls to keep your game in shape, I can tell you, I can literally, I don't often give guarantees, but having been doing this for 27 years now, I can guarantee you that the number one time people want to go and work on their game is afternoon and early evening. After and work. If you, look at a, if you look at a grass tee line, afternoon and early evening, there ain't, there's no grass left. So that, that's a really bad thing. Sure. Um, you've got this enormous piece of real estate that's now, it's not an asset anymore, it's a liability. It's actually keeping people away. So I've got young kids who I'm, I'm very, I love seeing them play golf. I think it's a great sport. I think it teaches us, you know, if you, if you, you know, it teaches us lots of things about ourselves. So, you know, nothing I like more than seeing my kids play the game. But if I take them to the range in the afternoon, evening, you know, I'm a member at Sawgrass Country Club. It's an abomination. Um, there's no grass left. You have to, in order to hit the ball, You've got to find a little bit of grass to prop the ball up on. You load up on your left side. You're picking the club up steeply and chopping down on it. Um, and that's if you practice like that, you're going to play like that. Right. You know, all the power in a golf swing is width. You, I, I, I was used one of these simulators the other day that you grab the club and it shows you how such and such swings the club. So it basically... It, it it controls the club and you just follow it. Did it pull your shoulder the, out of socket? <laughs> oh, the width, the width, unbelievable. I mean, two things were notable. One is the width coming back, you know, and then the other one is the lag. When you're coming back down, how far, how late the release is on the club to get that power. That's a good golf swing. You're right. not gonna, you're not gonna pull that golf swing off when you're practicing out of dirt. It's just not going to happen. I mean, what I do with my son is I get him to tee the ball up. I don't, you know, if I can get him to do it, I'll get him to tee the ball up because otherwise he'll just rake it and just play bad shot after bad shot. And, you know, you look at your confidence meter in golf, if you're warming up like that, your confidence just drops. And that's a, you know, a fascinating thing I learned through Rick Smith, um, recently was that when Jack Nicklaus was winning uh, in his heyday, when he went to warm up, he didn't play anything down. From wedges all the way through the bag to drivers, he teed it up. 
And now you think about that, the, the most decorated golfer on the planet, um, before he goes out to play, he's giving himself a favorable lie. Sure. Um, and the only other anecdote I really know about Jack in terms of this sort of, why would he do that? You know, the most, surely this guy can get the club on the ball in any conditions. Why would he do that? Well, someone once asked him when he was practicing, why are you, why are you practicing two foot putts? And he sort of looked at the, <laughs> it's a sort of, you know, I'm about to go play. I want to build an image of the ball going into the hole. I don't want to miss. So it's building that psychological confidence, you know, that the anecdotes are almost endless of great golfers and coaches telling you that, that golf is a mental game and it's about mentally preparing yourself. Obviously, you have to do the practice. You have to get a functional swing. But when you go out there to play, you're not messing around with your swing. You're not experimenting. You're not thinking, oh, if I, you know, if I come back a bit more on the inside, I might be able to do this. You're trying to hit your marks. You're trying to keep the ball in play. You're trying to pick your landing spots. You're trying to get the ball round in the sure. minimum number of strokes. Um, so that was fascinating. You know, Jack, Jack Nicholas teased it up before they before they play, and that's effectively what we're doing for amateur golfers. We're there to put the ball in front of them. You stay focused on what you want to do with the club and we'll deliver the ball to you. It's always clean. The club is always clean. So which that what that means is your spin rates are always right. So if you're trying to shape the ball, there's no danger of there being sand on the club face or dirt in the grooves or sand on the back of the ball. We all know with fairway bunker shots, if you catch it a little heavy, um, you pick a bit of sand up, the ball goes nowhere. And it's the same when you're practicing. You know, I've watched people, even low handicap golfers, practicing. And uh, it's um, it's astonishing. They never clean their golf club. So they're standing right. there grinding away, taking big divots, and the, the grooves are clogging with impacted dirt. They've got grass building up on the face. Your spin rates are going to be all over the place. And spin significantly affects the distance that a ball flies and obviously the shape of the shot. So well, to your point, it's all effort. It's all, it's all something that somebody has to, they have to, they have to break the monotony or the routine of continuing to pound balls to actually create a process around what they're doing. So you're, you're kind of meeting them halfway with it, with, with power T you're, you're creating a, you're, you're creating a tool that better players can use to get better and more consistent, but you're also creating a tool to where the average or the, um, the recreational golfer can go have a better time doing something that they would typically do out of a, you know, in a, in a lesser environment. I think it's, a, I think it's an excellent invention. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the, the proof is with, with all technologies is really in the, in the consumer and the consumer, when we first put the first machines in, in England, people were talking about the product on a 40 mile radius, which right. in England is insane because you drive 40 miles, you know, in the south of the UK and you're going to pass five or six golf courses. And it's that love the consumer has of poverty that's really driven both us and our customers forward. So with that, like, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, because you started your company in the United Kingdom. That's where you're originally from. And it's the birthplace of golf. So it's you guys have had a tremendous buy in from your home market, correct? Ultimately, yes. Um, 
it took a whole year to sell the first system. Uh, I'm not saying a whole year full time. I was busy doing other things, but we, you know, once the product was developed to a point where it could be demoed, I took it around. We built some onto a trailer, towed it around the UK, and we got a lot of very positive feedback from the range owners, but no one really had the confidence. Like it's, you know, who the hell are you? Are you even going to be here next week? <laughs> uh, you know, you're not in the golf industry. You're not, you know, what, you know, what is this? Um, 25, 25 but, years later, or more than 25 years later, here you are. <laughs> yeah. Well now about 80% of the UK's ranges have got power to. Um, so you know, it was a really, it was a really difficult process cracking that market. Um, and, it, you know, we didn't do anything magic. It was just old, old fashioned shoe leather and um, hard work made, made a lot of errors on the way. Um, but uh, yeah, it's incredible where it is now. We tee up 6 million balls a day, roughly. We're in 20 countries around the world. Um, the sun literally never sets on poverty. There's always a there's always a machine somewhere popping a ball out of the ground. I think that's amazing. <clears throat> what do you, so? What do you see as your kind of your next your next venture as far as where do you see Power T going in the next three to five years? I think what we're trying to do now, obviously, golf has changed. Um, it's changed beyond recognition in the last five years. Uh, we came to America in 2009 and, you know, the, the country was in recession. I think golf was in a depression. Um, the tiger boom was sort of a well and truly nosed over. Um, and that was combined with recession, with overdevelopment in real estate and real estate golf courses. I think in our first, I don't know, eight years here, we saw four or 5,000 golf courses close their doors. Right. Um, and that impacted the driving ranges heavily. I didn't, we didn't think it would have because we wouldn't have come otherwise. But what we didn't see coming was, you know, all up the East Coast, you could get around a golf with a beer and a golf cart for 20 bucks. So, you know, you're looking at, well, do I spend $10 on a bucket at the range or do I go play 18 holes with a cart for, you know, 20 bucks? The value right. was so great that the ranges really, really did get badly hurt. Um, and then combine that with the credit crunch because we operate on a, 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 re a rental model. So we rent the equipment to our customers. They don't have to pay for it. They just pay a monthly rent. But for us to grow, we needed to take that revenue stream to the lease finance companies. And in 09, they basically evaporated. True. Um, there was no there was no there was no available cash. So we walked into a we walked into an enormous brick wall. Um, but then you sort of march through that and you get to, you know, late 2018-19. We were starting to gain traction again. And then of course COVID hit. Um, which shut us down. The, the UK took some very stringent action. It closed all our customers down. It closed our factory down. Um, we took very drastic action here. Um, we cut all of our costs. We, we really felt like, you know, we were given 
we were given no timeline as to you know how long this is all going to go on for nobody knew anything so we just basically folded it all up um uh, we didn't liquidate it but we cut all available costs you know kept looking after our existing customers that were the ones that were allowed to stay open and trade and then of course the magic of of, of the golf industry happened golf was deemed a safe way to spend time um so you know golf literally has exploded underneath us and you're not kidding yeah i think it's amazing it's wonderful to see if you if you like the game of golf it's fantastic to see all these newcomers see everyone enjoying it see the see the you know people in the golf industry are now making money again you know they were so beaten down and uh, and and uh despondent prior to covid that you sort of felt like golf was just going to continue to atrophy um but it's just booming now and this tailwind of of um of covid has joined with what top golf has done and top golf are really smart you know they 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 understand that when they set a facility up in an area the vast majority of their customers are not what you would traditionally call golfers and really you look at the golf industry how it got itself into such a corner was by spending almost all of its time and effort trying to attract golfers um and fighting you know the facility down the road rather than looking at what historically was the 90 or 90% of people in its area who don't play golf and trying to get them in the get them on the golf course get them at the driving range get them you know hooked on the game give them a path into the game the golf industry is spending its entire time trying to appeal to you know Mr four handicapper who really you know he's going to spend what he spends he's going to play where he plays there's not much you, you spend all the marketing money you like you're not really going to change him no doubt um, so you know the golf industry wasn't being particularly smart um and now you've got top golf showing people that if you provide a comfortable clean enjoyable environment you can win everybody um uh, or not everybody but certainly a huge percentage of your local population well and i you know not to get on my soapbox because i do know your product fairly well you guys have you guys are allowing green grass golf courses to jump into that market that top golf has created where you are bringing non golfers you're bringing people who just want to have fun and have a good time i always kind of liken it to the bowling crowd where you can go you can have a drink you can have a good time with your friends you can center it around the game of golf but you don't have to play 18 holes on the course you can actually go to a driving range or go to a facility to where it's easier to access the game and you create a party around it essentially and i i mean that's a i think that's the best way that i can say it is it makes it a good time uh, just how people figured out that bowling didn't need to be a a stuffy sport it didn't need to be something that only a few could access it it's become for everybody and i feel like golf can do the same thing sure and it is um uh, and and we're trying to we're trying to work with country clubs and you know semi privates to really grow member value um we did we we installed a system uh, with there's a couple of systems locally there's you can go use powerty up at um blue sky and also charles rawson's put it in over at fleming island um 
and the results these guys are getting are phenomenal. Um, no doubt, I hear more. I hear more about the bar at Fleming Island than I do the golf course, just because everyone has such a good time at the driving range these days, and it's all because of Power Tee and what they've done with their driving range. It's funny you should say that because traditionally the way we grew the business in the uk is we said look you know whatever you do in teaching and mini golf and whatever else you got going on just ignore that let's look at your ball sales well grow your ball sales and we grow the ball sales by way more than power t costs because of the rental model right you know what was highlighted for us at fleming island very succinctly was (laughs) it's grown my whole business you know The bar has grown in line with everything else, the bar and the food and beverage. So if you look at them, you know, if you look at the investment and it's not even an investment, it's pay as you go because there's no capital cost up front. You put we put the machines in by the time you pay your first rental payment, you've banked more money in balls, more money in food and beverage, more money, you know, in multiple areas than the system costs. So whatever you spend on power tea, some of our customers, I think, are getting it back three or fourfold. Absolutely. Um, well, and there's people all over the United States putting power tea in. Power tea, I mean, it, you guys are growing leaps and bounds. People are seeing the value in it. I know that, I mean, we've talked about it before. One of the one of the ways that you are introducing this to other courses is through the PGA merchandise show every year in January, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this this year, I mean, it closed. Obviously, there was one year it closed, um, but the year just gone. We did. We had an incredible show. We did over a million dollars in the first day. That's amazing. Um, and when you consider our first PGA show, which was, I think, it may have been two thousand and ten. I don't think we we went on the first year, maybe ten or eleven. I think we got three inquiries <laughs> for the whole show, and. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that was probably one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. I've never seen a group of people so demotivated as the PGA (laughs) show that year. It really was post the crash. It was just, it was very, very lackluster. And it didn't get a lot better for quite a few years. Right. I'll tell you. I'd, Martin, I'd love to continue to talk about this, but and I think I think that we could do a whole nother episode on you know all the things to do with Power Tea. But but if people want to learn more about Power Tea, and if you have people that are interested in either having it installed on their driving range, or if there's somebody who would inquire about personal use, where where can they find you guys? Well, PowerTea.com, obviously. Easy um, enough. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. To, that's the place to start, guys. Give us a ring. We're, we're old fashioned. Um, it's not, you know, you can mooch around on our website all you like. Um, and you can, you know, everyone wants to know the price. Um, give us a ring. We're, we're, we're not pushy. It's not, a, it's, it's, a, it's not a simple process. It may be that power tea is not right for you. Um, it may be that it is. But we're very consultative with the way we speak to people. And if it's not right for you, we'll tell you that. But if it is, we'll explain to you how it works. We'll have a look. We'll, we'll see if we can get someone up to do a site survey and um, see what we can do for you. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you guys offer a true partnership with the people who do decide to do business with you. Um, I, 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 speaking for Power Tea and for Martin Wyeth, I think it's a, it's a great invention. It's a great 
um, service to be able to add for your clientele that are at your driving range and at your golf course. And uh, I want to thank you very much, Martin, for joining me today. I think it's, it's a, like I said, it's a great product. I think that it's a, it's very cool how golf has grown again in the last three years. And it's, and it's, for me, I think it's, I think it's cool how you guys have plugged in and how you guys are adding value at the golf courses that you do business with. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, we're all, everyone in the golf industry is excited. Everyone's holding their breath a little bit, wondering how long it's going to go on for. And I'll tell you, you know, anyone out there wants to keep it going, put parity in, get your customers having fun, get them improving, get them understanding they can hit good shots. And you're going to keep it going a lot longer than if you just sit on your hands and uh, and take the money as a, as a sort of gift. Get out there and keep 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 pushing, keep growing your business. Amen to that. Thanks, Martin. I appreciate you joining me. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Power T flat out makes sense. Pardon the play on words, but it makes sense for the aspiring golfer to utilize it for consistency. It makes sense for the recreational golfer to use it to have more fun. It makes sense for the professional athlete to eliminate variables and focus on the things that they want to focus on while practicing. And it makes sense for the range operators. Whether, whether they are a course or a standalone driving range, it drives more revenue to the bottom line, it beautifies the driving range while giving the grass a break, and when paired with technology, it makes it a really fun place to be. Thanks again for joining me, Martin. That's going to wrap us up for today. I'll catch you guys next time.